Hi everyone, welcome to Sydney's Coach Replay Show. This show is focused on instructional coaching and the power that video brings to this work. We will meet with the Sydney Virtual Coach every week to talk about coaching topics and even break down some classroom footage for some specific instructional or coaching strategies. For today's episode, we have with us Colina Pollard, one of Sydney's elite team of virtual coaches. And in addition to coaching for Sydney, Colina is the Director for Digital Education and Innovation for Harris County's Department of Education. Welcome, Colina. Thanks so much, Corey. It's so good to be here. Yeah, I'm super excited. So we've talked with you before about implicit bias. And so I love that we've got you back today to talk with us a little bit about cultural responsiveness. That's our topic for today. I have a feeling that this topic is going to extend into next week because it's a deep one. Wow. So, um, so I'm going to let you get us started. Tell me what is cultural responsiveness and why is it important for us as educators? Okay, so it is a deep one. And it is something um, that we we want to kind of stay on the the level with because you know it can be we can just be straight shooters and and let you know folks know. But cultural responsiveness is a pedagogy that recognizes um, adding culture and recognizing culture in all aspects of curriculum. Um, and the reason why it's so critically vital to our instruction is because when we recognize a student's culture, when we have um, the recognition of saying, I respect and honor you in my classroom, there's going to be a, a, a deep uh, and a deepening and a, and a widening of that student's capacity to learn, which is, after all, what we are aiming for. We want to make sure that students know that we are there for them and that we are um, trying to figure out all ways to make sure that they are successful. So it can actually improve student outcomes if we embed that within to within our, our other pedagogy that we have. Absolutely, absolutely. Awesome. So then what are some characteristics of culturally responsive teaching? Culturally responsive teaching um, there's some easy things. Um, uh, some of the things that you and I have talked about before is um, adding word walls and uh, things like that that you can add to um, to your teaching. But um, and I'll give you guys some more or, or better examples a little bit later. But as far as the the characteristics, because those are are kind of the ways you can do it. But um, what you're going to see and what you're going to notice when you are actually implementing cultural cultural responsive teaching into your classroom is just recognizing and understanding that your students all have different norms and different standards that they live with that they normally carry with them on a day-to-day -day basis and it doesn't necessarily mean that they are a different race or a different ethnic group it actually could just be that it's just a different culture that they live in on a normal day-to-day -day basis and they bring those and they carry those things with them when they come to school but if we recognize and start bringing some of what we notice and talk to our students about some of the cultural norms that they have, then we can start building those bridges to better understand our students, therefore um, widening their capacity to learn. Yeah, I think that's, that's 
really that's really important too is is because we are helping individualize that experience for those students bringing in the, their own context or culture into our instruction yeah. and you're right i really do think it's, it doesn't necessarily mean that i may have students who look different sitting in my classroom in order for me to be needing to put in cultural responsiveness right it, it can be as simple as you know when you walk in the door uh, at home, are you expected to take your shoes off or not? Like that's that's an, usually an unspoken norm. If you're in the deep south, you might get a, uh, honey, you can put your shoes over there before they, they fully open that door all the way. But in other households, you walk in and, and you've got to kind of make a decision. Like, am I expected to take my shoes off? I always look at the host's feet. Are they there? Yeah. Or not? Right. In my house, we typically do take them off, but it's not a big deal if you don't. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, like it really, I think it's, it's all these little things that can really make a difference in how we see the world and we see others. And so, but yeah. Well, you, just, you just brought up a really good point and, and that can take us um, to where teachers can go next and that's cultural cues. So you said um, one of the things that you know how to do is that you would look at the host to see whether or not their shoes are off or not. And sometimes when we start to have those things in our classrooms, when we start to show um, cultural cues, when we reflect those, then our students start to pick up on those, um, that we are expecting this, that I need you to notice that, um, you know, we sit in a circle here. We don't put, you know, we don't sit in a line. We sit in a circle. You know, we can teach them those things, but if they are accustomed to being told, you know, this is the way we do things. If, if you know, it's, it's about looking at and seeing what other people are doing as well. And sometimes some kiddos are very good at it and Sometimes they're not. And, and again, that's something that's cultural too. So um, adding those cultural cues, I think, is, is, is something too that's you know, very characteristic of cultural responsiveness. Yeah, I can also see how it really impacts you know, inclusivity as well, right? So it's, it's more than just me as the teacher being responsive to the individuals in my classroom, but it also brings aware, cultural awareness to the others in the classroom, hey, who may not have been aware of the way that people do things maybe differently from what they do, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Because I think we tend to think, well, if, you know, if I'm, you know, a third grader, they go to school, everybody has a backpack, everybody wears, you know, these kinds of shoes, everybody wears these kinds of clothes or whatever the, the you know, thing is, it's when you start to implement those kinds of things into your classroom, when a teacher really takes on that responsibility of respecting all of the humans that are coming into their classroom and saying, you know what, I'm going to be here for it. I'm going to respect and recognize that you may have something completely different um, or do things a little bit different um, and have conversations, like real conversations. I am not going to just, as a teacher, tell you to do this and expect it to get done without 
realizing and recognizing that there are some things that are on my end that I might need to do to get you to that point. Um, because I think sometimes as teachers, we tend to just say, you know what, this is the way it's always been done. And this is the way that I was taught. So this is the way that I'm going to, you know, give that information to. And, um, you know, I think that now is the time for us to start looking back at where we are and, and the, per, the progress that we've made and how much further we still have to go. Yeah, and that reminds me, and I know I've shared this, this story with you um, before, you know, we're German-American and um, my father's a first-generation born American and um, he still, I mean, his, his parents and his siblings, all they spoke were German. I mean, his parents kind of came in not knowing any English but as soon as you came to the states the job was to assimilate as quickly as possible and even the schools in this german developed town uh, in fredericksburg texas you were not allowed to speak any language other than english during the school day um, and for a student who doesn't know the english language yet um, it was really hard for him to kind of sit in those classes and just be spoken to in English and, and be expected. Like he couldn't even lean over to his buddy and, and ask in German what was going on. So he said, I learned to sleep with my eyes open and knew who my friends were because they were the one who were sneaking, spe speaking to me in German behind the tire at recess, catching me up so I could be successful. And it's crazy to think about the changes that we've made um, since then, but it really is, uh, it's, it's quite amazing, but there's still, it doesn't mean it comes easy. We've definitely got to be intentional about it and work towards it. Yeah. So what are some non-examples then of culturally responsive teaching and, and why is it important to know the difference between those? Because I do think you can go wrong with this, right? Yeah, so you can, you can get caught up in some, some stuff that you don't mean to do. Um, so, you know, non-responsive I don't know if that's me or you or I think it might be on your end this is what happens when we record while we're working <laughs> that was me sorry that's all right um, so some non-examples non-examples of uh, culturally responsive teaching because what you don't want to do is is start to um, become something that that's that you never intended to become you don't want to make um, culturally responsive teaching the afterthought you don't want to make it the thing that comes you know later like now we're gonna have our culturally responsive time and we all kind of you know bring everybody in circle time and, and talk about each other's culture no um, you don't want to uh, try to um, make students feel ostracized. You don't want to start pinpointing um, things about them. I used to remember, now I am um, not from uh, the Middle East, but as a sixth grader, I remember being in social studies and there was some, co some, some conversation that was going on about um, the Middle East and the Gulf War and things like that. I'm kind of dating myself. Um, but um, my social studies teacher looked over at me and, and it was because of my skin tone and because of my hair and because of the way I, I looked. And she said, um, she was talking about something of, about Saudi Arabia and she goes, right, Kalina? Like, isn't that right? And I kind of was like, right. Like she 
didn't, she never asked me what my background was. She didn't know. She assumed what um, my, my, you know, ethnic background was, but she didn't know. And so she tried to um, almost um, call me out in front of students. And um, it was because she wanted me to agree with something that had to do with um, the Middle East. And that is the kind of thing that we want to stay away from. Before we make those assumptions, before we um, try to uh, call ourselves being uh, culturally responsive, we want to know what we're talking about. We want to really have good conversations with our students and respect their rights um, to privacy if they don't want to talk, but also to Understand that some of those things are, are out there um, and do a little research online. Do, do, you know, if you know there's a certain background with certain things, you can check those things out and maybe start a conversation with your students to better understand them and let them correct you. Let them, let it be okay for there to be a real conversation about what they bring to the table. And again, you don't want to try to ostracize your students. You don't want to try to um, make them a pinpoint of the discussion that day. Um, but you do want to include them and make sure that everyone feels welcome in your class. And there's plenty of ways um, that you can do that. And I'm sure that we're going to you know, we'll talk about those. Yeah, we definitely will. I was just looking at the time and, and we're kind of at the end of our episode, but I, I think, you know, these are some good non-examples, some good definitions of what cultural responsiveness is. And um, we'll need to continue this conversation for next week. I figured we would, it's kind of a deep one. So um, before we go though, Kalina, is there any takeaway for our audience that you just want everyone to kind of remember about cultural responsiveness at this point? Well, one of the things that's a, a really big thing for me, when you talk about cultural responsiveness, um, what, you'll, what you'll find um, through the research is that it is really a way to deepen and widen your students' capacity for learning. So when you're doing that, you're doing a good thing. So any way that a teacher can do that, they're doing a good thing. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Just taking it one small piece at a time. Absolutely. And for joining us, Kalina, uh, tune in next week where we continue this conversation with Kalina and talk a little bit more about some specific examples of culture in classrooms and how we can support our teachers as coaches.